Success in the New Retirement with Damon Roberts and Matt Deaton. And this is the Success in the New Retirement podcast with Damon Roberts and Matt Deaton. My name is Mark Owens, and it's all powered by Acute Wealth Advisors. All the information, you can find it at successinthenewretirement.com. You know, we love getting calls from our radio listeners, and we got one that the question sounded simple, but it maybe could help someone to give them a quick recap. And she asked, how much from each paycheck should I be putting into a retirement account? So let's start off the show this weekend by asking that. Damon, Matt, how much from our paycheck should we put into a retirement account? That's, that's an interesting question that, uh, that has a lot of different answers to it. You know, one of the things that, that, you, that we always talk about is you approach uh, the time where you, where you want to be giving us a call. And that's, you know, as you get to 50 years old and closer to retirement, people are getting raises. They've got kids moving out of the house now and things like that. We always talk about when you get these raises that you should allocate at least, if not all of it, a portion of it to that retirement account and continuing to increase that the closer that you get um, because you've, you're already used to living on what you were living on prior to the raise. And if you can allocate that early on in your in your career and saying every time I get a raise, I'm giving half back to myself. And then I'm also going to increase my standard of living as I, you know, as I'm working towards getting a home and doing all those things. It's it's a mindset, you know, really. And and people need to remember, even in their younger years, that you you do want to retire and that's going to come a lot faster than you think. And so putting aside dollars uh, towards that is always going to be beneficial and doing it at those those times when you do get cost of living increases or you get uh, raises, those are the very best times to allocate those funds because you don't have to make any lifestyle changes. You know, if you were going to gauge yourself on how you're how you're doing preparing for retirement, I, I would I would put it in this level. So minimum is you're at least doing what your company is matching. So again, if your employer walked into your office and said, hey, uh, we've got this offer, we'll give you a 4% raise. That's exactly what is happening if they're giving you a match and you're not taking advantage of it. So again, do the match. If they're offering a 3% match, at least do that minimum. Yeah, three months. You know, but once you, I mean, if you're looking at your retirement plan, if you're not putting away 10 to 15% of what you're making every year inside of some sort of retirement accounts, you're likely falling behind your um what you're going to have in retirement or what you're going to need to be able to maintain your standard of living. Mm -hmm. That's a general rule. So again, if you're looking at that and saying, man, I'm, I'm only doing the match or I'm not doing anything, you know, the goal should be getting 10 to 15% of that money going into those retirement accounts, because that's, what's going to give you enough money, enough assets available that you're going to be able to retire and maintain the standard of living you're at. Um, I've got a good friend, he worked for the, for the Mesa police. And he would always complain to me about how much money was taken out automatically to go into his pension. And I said, you know what? I said, I get it on a monthly basis when you're trying to raise a family, you know, you're trying to, to put kids through college or, you know, pay for, you know, kids sports, all these really expensive things. You're looking at that and going, man, I really could use that right now. But he's now 45 years old and he's already retired from the Mesa police has a pension and now is working in a job that he enjoys a lot more in the private sector. But he has this pension that is basically producing about 60% of the income that he used to be living off of. And, and so he's got this luxury 
of this nice pension that allows him to go and do something else, kind of build up his wealth in other areas and, you know, potentially be retired a lot sooner than a lot of people. But he was being forced to put so much into this this pension plan that he kind of complained about, but now he's seeing the fruits of his labors. You know, the goal at Acute Wealth Advisors is to help you find answers to prepare for and enjoy retirement. It's all about solutions. So if you hear something on today's show you need some clarity on, or you just have a question, am I making the right decisions? 480-680-6868. Always online at successinthenewretirement.com. And something that I know that you're getting a lot of calls about, and that is inflation. One of the big economic debates this year is whether this higher inflation is just a small bump in the road or a major threat to our standard of living. Investment strategist Stephanie Link told CNBC. The economy is stronger, but inflation also is much higher than expected and not as transitory. We heard from FedEx they're having all kinds of problems on the wage side, labor side. I mean, General Mills is now expecting 7 to 8% inflation for fiscal 2022. So it's real. Fed Chairman Jerome Powell said the causes of these rising prices could last longer than originally expected. So, Damon, Matt, if that's the case, we're going to need to need even more retirement income, not just to increase our nest egg, but just to stay even. Well, that's one of the big mistakes a lot of people make when they walk into our office. They have the spreadsheet that's showing their rates of return they expect to get on their investments. But oftentimes we'll find that people forget about inflation or the effects of that inflation on their dollars. So basically what we can forecast out is over the next 10 or 20 years, things are going to double, you know, in about 20, 25 years if, if inflation continues like it has been. If we see the type of inflation that we've had in the past year or so, you know, it could go quite a high. And so, you know, most pension plans, um, Social Security, a lot of those have some inflation built in that, that you get some cost of living adjustments built in. But what we found is those are typically a lot lower than what actual costs are going up. And so what we tell people is, look, whatever Social Security is paying for, whatever your pension is paying for today, it's going to buy less stuff in the future. So what's the plan? And the plan's got to be that you have these other assets, this other money, 401ks, IRAs, whatever it might be, that you've saved up and that you're going to position that five years from now when you're retired and Social Security's paying X amount of dollars, you have another faucet that could be turned on that could produce a little bit more income. And five years later, when things are costing more, you could turn on another little faucet that gives you more income. So you're giving yourself these pay raises. You're giving yourself this bump in income. So you can still buy the same stuff, even when a gallon of milk now costs five bucks instead of you know two or three bucks. Right. And, and that's reality. That's going to happen. If you go back to you know 1980 or 1990 and look what gas was selling for or what a gallon of milk was or a pair of jeans or any of those things, you're going to see that things cost a lot more today than they did 20 and 30 years ago. Well, if retirement's 20 or 30 years, well, it makes sense to have a plan in place that's going to adjust for those increases and make sure that you're prepared. When people come in, we go through this process and we'll do an analysis of their portfolios and help them see, you know, the good and the bad where they sit with diversification, standard deviation, um, et cetera. And, and as part of that plan, we'll also forecast out and say, if you're going to live to be 95 years old and we'll build in an inflation and we'll look at tax efficiency and all those things and we'll run the simulation. And a lot of times it comes back where people, the way they're currently invested already, it comes back where it's 60% probability of success. And, and you know, I always look at them and say, would you board a plane with a 60% chance of landing? Mm -hmm. And you say, well, this is your retirement. You know, do you want to take this kind of 
you know, chance. And so then we'll go through and we'll, we'll rerun the reports and we'll fix some of these problems and we'll, we'll factor in, you know, that, that over time, social security is going to pay less and we're going to, you know, find efficiency in the portfolio where we take the income and all those things. And we're able to kind of flip that. And a lot of times we'll get to that end and, and we've got a, you know, hundred percent chance of success. And it says, Oh, you're going to at 95, you're going to die with $3 million. And they look and say, well, I don't really, I don't care about passing on $3 million to our kids. And, and our response is always, look, we want to have a lot of flexibility for the things that are going to happen in your life that we can't predict. But having no plan just leaves you to react to something and you may or may not be able to react successfully. There was a great story in Market Watch. They profiled a guy who worked at a bank for 38 years helping people with their investments. Even his wife worked in finance. But the article is titled, I Failed at Retirement. How to avoid my mistakes. So, Damon and Matt, I know you see some of these uh, bullet points in this article. I want to detail some of his mistakes and shed some light on what could be done to make it better, which included he believed that his quality of retirement depended on how much money he had. So, it's not necessarily you're going to fall into a happy retirement just because you have a lot of money. Why is that a mistake? Well, number one, we know money doesn't buy happiness, right? So again, just because you have a bunch of money saved up for retirement doesn't necessarily mean you're going to enjoy retirement and spend, you know, that that time with your spouse or whatever, travel in the world and, and just everything's great. Obviously, there's life and you've got to have that thing, that in order. But what I also took away from that article was that this individual hadn't really taken the next step. He had done really good with his investments. And Damon and I see this all the time. That people walk into our office and I'm like, oh yeah, I've been working hard, I've been saving. You know, I've, I've built up, you know, a million dollars here or 500,000 here. I think I'm prepared for retirement. But they haven't figured out how they're going to generate income from that, how they're going to turn that, that pile of money into an income stream. And so there's, there's two things that happen when, when you don't do that. And, and these are generally the two things that we see people, the mistakes we make. Number one is you go to the extreme and you're like, well, I, you know, I've worked hard. I got a million bucks, whatever I can spend. And we find that people spend too much or from the wrong buckets mm -hmm. for the first few years in retirement. And what that leads to is that they actually, you know, shoot themselves in the foot a little bit and make it so that their retirement plan becomes a little bit wobbly because they may be spending too much or they may be taking it from an account and not being tax efficient. And those are wasteful things that are happening that make their money not go quite as far. But probably the more common thing, and again, a lot of people that have money saved up in retirement is because they built up these skills that they've been willing and able to sacrifice for the future and save their money. And so they, at heart, they're these savers. Well, when you tell a saver to start spending some of their money, <laughs> for a lot of people, that is super, super hard because... Right. They've always just seen the account balance grow. They've always just added to it. But when you tell them, hey, it's time to now start taking money from that account, we find a lot of people that struggle with that, that mm -hmm. they, they, they stress over taking any kind of withdrawal because they feel like, oh my gosh, am I going to regret this if two years, five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road, am I going to say, oh, I shouldn't have spent that money on that vacation or done that? And so they become what we call paralyzed that they don't have a financial plan. And so then they don't spend anything. And usually what happens with that person is 15, 20 years into retirement, their money is now doubled or tripled or quadrupled. They have all of this money, but now they're 80 years old and they can't take the trip. They can't spoil the grandkids. They can't do a lot of those things because they don't have their health anymore. And so what Damon and I try to do is say, look, there's a happy medium between those two extremes. There's a way to figure out what you can spend 
so you can truly enjoy it. So you can, you know, spoil the grandkids. You can take the trips. You can have the fun, but also still have the future income and the future assets that you'll need. So you don't have to stress about that. And so, you know, here's this financial advisor, this guy that's worked at a bank giving investment advice and, and talking to people about their money for 30, 40 years. And yet he retires and we find that he didn't truly prepare for retirement because he's done what a lot of people have done is they figured out how to invest money. They figured out how to save, but they don't have a retirement plan. And Mm -hmm. there is a big difference. And I think that article, you know, kind of shows that in this person, because you'd think husband and wife in the financial world, they're, you know, they have this, they should have this all figured out. Yeah. They're set for life. (laughs) Yeah. And they don't. So, so if you're an engineer or working at some law firm, or you're doing this or that, or you're a doctor, and that's not your expertise, well, how do you expect to have that in place if some of the so-called experts haven't figured out how to retire? Mm -hmm. You know, and I think it it is telling that that both of them were working in the the financial sphere, yet probably didn't know how to to look at their social security and their um, the benefits that they would have and understand when was the best time for them to take those and how do they put that into a plan to really you know solidify some other things they didn't know how to look at you know this big pile of money that most of it's tax deferred and understand how do we create some tax efficiency with this and not give away an extra five percent to uncle sam um, or an extra hundreds of thousands of dollars over our retirement lifespan to uncle sam that we didn't have to how do we look at you know a pension and, and integrate that and and all these different pieces and the the game really changes and matt and i find that a lot of people who've come and have saved a lot have even worked with some advisors, some financial advisors, but what they weren't were specialists in retirement and helping them determine and, and often will ask the question, okay, well, how are you going to integrate Social Security? And, and the answers they're getting are, well, just you could take it at 62 or any time thereafter. And that just leaves, puts the ball back in their court. And like Matt was saying, you've spent a career becoming an expert at something. And if it wasn't financial planning or retirement, come and find someone like us who who has spent the last 20 plus years figuring out how to build retirement plans. Yeah, I'm shocked with how many people come into our office and they, they got their plan to claim Social Security benefits from their accountant. And I'm like, okay, it's good to have the accountant involved because there are some tax implications that you want to do. But if you're working with a financial advisor, if that person is not giving you direction on how you should be claiming your Social Security benefits to be tax efficient and how that works with the rest of your plan, mm-hmm. you're missing out because the accountant's not able to do that as well. They can give you the tax advice, but they're not doing the best. You really need to have someone that's focused on that because that makes a huge difference because you can take a lot of money out of IRA accounts depending on how you claim Social Security benefits. You can dramatically increase the amount of money you get from Social Security depending on how you take money from your investments. And if you can combine those two where you get more money and you're tax efficient, that is huge. And again, if you're getting your investment advice or your social security benefit, you know, triggering or, or, you know, when do you pull that money? If that advice is coming from the accountant and your financial advisor has not been involved, well, you're probably missing out. You're probably making mistakes there. Thanks for listening. Want more from Damon and Matt? Check out successinthenewretirement.com. And while you're there, drop us an email with your questions. 
Investment advisory services offered through Acute Investment Advisory, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through its affiliated company, Acute Wealth Advisors, LLC. Tax and or legal advice is not offered by either company or their affiliated companies. Consult with your tax and legal professionals for guidance on tax or legal matters. The information presented should not be viewed as personalized investment advice. All expressions of opinion are subject to change. We are not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. 